leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps. We are live with another edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. And today we have the leadership edition. So this is Breaking Into Cybersecurity 2.0. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping awesome leaders hire great talent. I have my phenomenal co-host here, Chris Fulon. Say hi to everybody. Everyone, um, excited to have Angelique on this episode and to lead this, kick off this um, latest leadership series. So um, offer some phenomenal things. I'll let you introduce her, Renee. Yeah, yeah. So we are over the moon excited today because we have a special person with us, Angelique Slagle. And Angelique is the head of SAP Success Factors. She is a leader with over 100 people um, in her team. And we are just super excited to hear from a person who is heading up an organization like this. So we're going to talk all about leadership. Angelique, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Renee and Chris. I'm really excited. It's my first LinkedIn Live. So <laughs> this is going to be really exciting. Get ready. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wait for these comments to start coming in. So, um, Angelique, I want to kick it off by asking, typically when we have people on, we ask like, you know, how did you get started when you first, you know, when you entered into the workforce and you started kind of growing in your career? At what point did you did you look up and say, OK, I want to be a leader. I want to be a CEO. I want to be a, a head of an organization of this size. What were your thoughts? How did that? How did it? How did you get to where you are today? Yes, I think I've always wanted to be um, a leader um, because I've always been of kind of of service mind or servitude. Um, so always wanting to make an impact, be useful. And so I remember very early in my career, um, uh, before uh, before I even um, had the opportunity to be in tech. Um, I actually remember sitting one day in an orientation and saying, you know, I want to be the boss, not really knowing what that meant. Um, and so I, I very much always wanted to, to be a leader. Um, but then there was a point in my career where I became very focused as an individual contributor to kind of what, you know, I needed to do. Um, I didn't think I had the right skill set yet to be a, to be a leader. Um, so I kind of backed away from any of those opportunities until I felt like the, the moment was right for me. Oh, that, that self-awareness, that's, that's definitely an important trait in leadership. Um, do you feel that that helped you um, become a better leader by being that self-aware as to your capabilities? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think self-reflection and, and wanting to always grow and be better than you were the day before, the month before, the year before 
is a really critical attribute of leadership. Um, because again, if you want to be that servitude leader, um, and then you have to know how, you know, you are coming across to your team, you know, are you motivating people? Are you clear on what uh, the goals and the visions are, are? And the only way you can know that is if you're kind of reflective. Um, there's always people in your team that are going to be yes people. Um, and but then there's going to be the people that are very critical and you can learn from from both of those. Um, so I think that was really important for me um, to really think about what were the skills that I had, what were the skills that I needed to continue to grow um, and enhance. And when you and did that, thinking about that, <laughs> it's forever growth, right? Right. When you when you thought about your skills, this is a great um, this is a great topic. We have this. This comes up very very often, especially as people are growing into leadership. When you did that assessment. What was that like? Like, you know, I know I have these skills. I need to grow these skills. Did you have mentors work with you? Did you do self-assessments? Like, how did you come up saying, oh, I, I'm, I'm really good. I know I have these skills down, but I need these skills to get to the next level. I've been very fortunate to always been surrounded by other leaders that would provide me information and, and, and basically tell me where they saw gaps. Um, or where, you know, where I was, was, you know, was good enough, right, to not want to strive for perfection, or strive to be like someone else, right. So I've had the fortune of, you know, working for, you know, very articulate executives. Um, and I would say, well, I don't use the same type of words that you use. Um, or, you know, I have a very different approach when I step into a meeting in the way I might conduct it. And they help me see past that it's not actually replicating other people. There's just some core, um, you know, competencies that you need to think through. One that I recently had over the last three years was how to look at the more strategic picture. So, you know, my, my legacy or background was a salesperson. And when you're a salesperson, typically you're very transactional. So you think about, okay, how do I connect with this customer? And then how do I get them to the, the goal line or the finish line? But as you start to lead an organization and you start to look globally across an organization, you have to look beyond the transaction and you have to understand all of the moving parts. And so one of my mentors was constantly challenging me on, do you understand the broader context of how that transaction feeds to the overall corporate vision, the goal, how these other organizations that maybe you've ignored other than to say, like, I need to get something from you, how they feed into that. So that's like one example of just kind of having a more strategic mindset and seeing the bigger picture and how you fit into that, that I had to enhance um, a skill set, enhance my skill set. How do you as a leader separate what's truly a gap versus like imposter syndrome? Ah, oh, that is interesting. Um, you know, I have to think through, um, you know, whether or not um, based on observing other people who maybe I see as having the, the right skill set. Um, that's necessary. And I try to look and see, do I have some element of it that is uniquely mine? Um, or is it something that really I need to, to work on? And, and one way to do that is soliciting feedback. So I'm always trying to ask others, whether they're my peers, employees, 
or mentors or more senior people to observe me and make sure that, um, you know, I am, you know, I am uh, performing at the level that I, I would like. And a lot of times, you know, um, it is imposter syndrome, right? And it's something we all fall into where someone will say, no, you were absolutely clear. And I'm thinking I rambled for, you know, 20 minutes. Um, so uh, by soliciting that feedback, also observing other people and making sure that I'm not trying to uh, replicate or mimic someone else. That's so important because we have so many people that come on so often and we always talk about imposter syndrome. So understanding like where the, you know, what's truly happening is truly a gap versus imposter syndrome, I think is so important. Um, And I also like how you said you do a 360. So you ask, you know, your peers, the, the people above you, your leaders above you, the people that you're leading, you know, so you can get a full honest view of, who you are to them, to each one. So that's awesome. Here, there is a comment that came in from Shady Dave. We call him Shady Dave. <laughs> and that's because he never has his name up here. It always says LinkedIn user. <laughs> it is important to identi- identify the direct reporting non-performers right away in the beginning of your management career. Provide them a path for improvement and document, document, document. So... I couldn't agree more. Um, I remember uh, one of my first leadership roles. Um, one of the one of the leaders said to me, just in kind of a mentoring session, that uh, the true side of a leader is not only the the ability to manage um, people to perform, but manage people out. Right? It, it's a it's a direct um, reflection on you if you allow you know poor performance within your group. Um, it completely kills strategy and morale of the, uh, the high performers within your organization. And that was tough, right? The first time you have to decide to assess someone, whether they can really perform, um, but then also manage them out when you know that they're, they're not capable or don't want to. How do you, um, how do you find that line between being a leader, a manager and a coach? to individuals like that? You know, I think it's first um, trying to um, determine where they are. So I remember someone saying, you know, it's one thing to know if someone's on the bridge. It's another to know if they're capable of crossing the bridge. And then there's another knowing if they want to. And so that first is maybe the, you know, first you're assessing they're on the bridge with you, you're, you're coaching them. Um, but it's really a leader, I think, that determines whether they even want to or capable. And then, you know, it takes the subsequent action to, to encourage them um, to move out. And what's been interesting for me and my leadership is um, I've had very few times where I had to invoke actual HR processes to move people out. I've had more of that ability to manage and lead by kind of saying, here's the competencies or capabilities of this role. Here's where I see you. And there's a lot of strengths, but are you really happy? Is this the right role for you? Do you, do you want to grow in this area? And if not, there's other opportunities for you. And it's not always easy uh, for people to accept that, but it has worked out where people have kind of acknowledged that and then, you know, voluntarily decided to move where they're happier, happiest. That's such a great approach. 
Um, Dave came back again and said, manage to improve or manage out 100,000% agree. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I've had Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, I've had those conversations with leaders where it it just wasn't the right fit, whether at the organizational level, the leadership um, sinking. And those are the best types of leaders to work for because you feel like you're there's an understanding with both sides of the party and and it's not just them trying to work you or uh, get the most out of you. And there's nothing in return. You're, you're truly looking out the best for you. Right. And you're in control, right? It's it's your destiny to decide whether you want to stick it out or you want to go where your, you know, your skills are best suited. Right. So Angelique, I have another question in, in regards to, you know, promotions, because that's another area that um, we hear a lot about, especially into in breaking into cyber. A couple of years ago, when we started, started this podcast, people were we really were focused on people breaking in. But after a while, you know, they grow and then they're in their current role and they're looking up and it's like, you know, OK, I'm trying to get a promotion. I'm trying to move into leadership, become a manager. What are some of the skills that you look for? Um, in people when you are bringing them up in the organization? Um, and I guess the two-part question, because the other part is what makes people stand out to you in those organiz- in the organization? I love it. Um, so I, I think um, one of the things that I'm always looking for is this like inquisitiveness or deeply curious, right? If they're really interested, bigger and broader than their role, right? Um, you know, particularly when you're leading a sales organization, the natural progression is I was a top sales performer, now let me lead a sales team. But that actually doesn't mean you will be a good sales leader, right? Um, Just because you know yourself how to sell, because really what you're trying to do is replicate and scale that across seven, 20, 100 people. And so that's really a a different skill set. So someone who first shows that they're curious about all of those aspects and they're really trying to, to learn. Then the relational intelligence or kind of that more strategic thinking, which is to say, okay, what, how can I, you know, not just take one person and improve them, but how do I create a, a scalable process or program? How do I change behaviors? How can I look at data to understand what I what I don't know and lead me down a path so that I can truly grow, um, you know, the business. Um, one of the ways to me, kind of in the second part of, um, is um, looking for areas of opportunity to to be promoted or what kind of stands out to me is actually being visible and communicating what you want. Right? Um, if you're going to lead a team. Um, and be a leader in an organization, then you should be able to clearly articulate what you want. And it's actually very interesting that even in a mentoring session or just casually when, you know, I might interact with someone and and they'll say, you know, I want to be a leader and I'll say, okay, um, have you thought through just within our organization, maybe areas of opportunity and and where you think your skill sets are. And when people say, well, I have no idea. You don't have to have the right idea, but you should be kind of an owner of your career path, just like you would be an owner of that organization. Um, I tell my team every day, every role is a CEO of their book of business, whatever that is. 
And so you have to manage it and think in that way. So um, being able to kind of own that and have some clear um, direction on where you want to go and, and, and some self-assessment around your skills, um, making every interaction count. Um, you know, it's really interesting that we sometimes, and, and I've fallen short in this case, like you show up on a meeting and you kind of blow it off maybe because it wasn't an interview or it's just like a day-to-day um, interaction, not realizing that every interaction is kind of giving people insight into who you are and what you what skills you have or don't have. And so make sure you always show up, right, as if you're interviewing. Um, and then the last thing I, I just had a mentor tell me, the best way to get the next job is do the one you're in really well. And people forget that all the time, right? That, you know, they need to show up in that job um, in an excellent way and the next opportunities will, will always come to them. I, I love the CEO of your own book of business. I love that you should be your own career path. I mean, all too often people come to us, Renee, myself, like, I want to break into cyber. What do I do? And or like, okay, where in cyber? What specifically do you want to do? Like, you have to know that path. We could help guide you once you have an idea. But if you if you're just going, I want to come in cyber, and you you don't have anything else, like, you're you're looking for your own map. Uh, you have to figure that map out first. Um, when it comes to marketing yourself within an organization to grow, if that's what you're looking to do, what are some of the tips and tricks that you would recommend? Um, first, decide what kind of um, leader or person you are. Um, and what I mean by that is um, very kind of specifically is, are you an executor or are you a program builder? Um, and every organization needs both. So first kind of assessing that. The second is I've done a lot of kind of informal meetups with people across the organization. And these have really helped me kind of um, informally promote myself and my team. And I've recommended my team to do it as well. So what that means is, you know, you might identify someone in your product area. You might identify someone in marketing. You might identify someone in finance. And you just say, you know, saw you at this meeting or know we are, you know, in mutual circles. I'd love to check in with you every quarter uh, for 30 minutes. Um, and they can be peers of yours. They can be, you know, more, a little bit more senior. They can be, you know, maybe three levels above you. And the idea is, you know, it's informal. So you come with a topic. But what I always try to think through is a topic in which you have an opinion that sets you apart. And so it kind of is an informal way to make people know what you're capable of or the way you think um, that's outside of the day to day. Because, you know, when you're in a large organization, SAP, there's over 100,000 people here, you will not interact with everyone in your day to day. So you could be a solid performer, but there's a whole organization that doesn't know that. So kind of casting that wide net and then showing up in this meeting or this informal check-in with, oh, you know, we're, we're, we're working the next uh, project and here's just my thoughts about it. What do you think or what are you working on? One, you, of course, you're developing strong relationships with people that as they continue to grow or as the organization changes, you've got that network. You also have people that you can learn from. So you're, you're learning in that experience because they're going to give you feedback, but then they're also learning about you. And so then when an opportunity arises, people can say, 
hmm, you know, Angelique, Renee, Chris, they, they said something interesting, or I think they might be your candidate or they might be their candidate. Um, and then, you know, especially for sometimes women struggle with this is amplifying your wins um, and, and not in an arrogant way, but as you do things well, showcase to your peer group, right? To help them along, um, you know, ensure that you're letting your leaders and your leaders know, you know, I think there's nothing wrong with asking uh, a skip level with your second or third line leader just to um, let them know the things that you've done, but just make sure you're prepared when you show up for that. I really like, I'm going to go back a little bit about <laughs> something you talked about with, with the communication skills. Like what, what I'm taking away from this conversation is that when it comes to leaders and leadership and growing into leadership, it seems like it's more communication skills and soft skills and, uh, you know, not hard technical skills. And I know that in your, you know, I mean, you manage it, you have, you lead a, a huge organization, but initially coming up, you know, sales is off, it's their skills. So technical skills in all walks of life. Um, and these skills are around, um, you know, communicating well, um, you know, showing, sh showing up, like you said, doing your own job really, really well. You know, there's so many pieces to that, that I think people, they, it's always, you know, people are looking forward, but really being centered in doing what you do really well, communicating that, showing up like you're interviewing all the time, you know, those types of things. This is, this is awesome. This is what people need to hear. So a couple, go ahead, Angelique, before I do comments. I was going to say, you're absolutely right. And I mean, the higher you go in an organization, the more those softer skills really come into play, right? How, how do you move an entire organization? You're going to have to use a lot of soft skills to rally a team behind you. You also have the diplomacy because the politics just continues to rise with every ring of that ladder you go to. So you have to kind of understand you know, the agendas and what yours is, what everyone else is in the room and whether you can pull them onto your side, whether you keep them neutral or they are absolutely um, a detractor. So, so you're right, those soft skills become more and more important. But of course you have to have your technical skills, right? You have to have your kind of core competency, whatever that is, if it's cybersecurity, if it's tech, if it's sales, if it's marketing, you have to have that uh, down packed as well. You, you mentioned something with um, amplifying your wins. Do you feel specifically, um, this is coming from a male perspective, that females might not be amplifying their wins enough or not demanding their value enough when it comes to trying to progress in an organization? Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, Justin, sometimes our, our language, I was talking to a, a male colleague and he said, I, I was meeting with a woman, just a, a mentoring session about potential opportunities. Um, and, you know, we're just talking casually. And he said, you know, I asked her, how is your year going? And she said, oh, it's, doing, it's going well. And he said, oh, okay, good. He said, well, what's well? And she said, oh, I'm 220% of my number. And he like fell out of his chair and he said, that's not well, that's the, he's like, that's what a, you know, my male counterpart would have led with on this, you know, when he first said hello, he would have said, do you know what I, and I mean, I'm, of course I'm generalizing, but it is something that I think women, um, you know, have sometimes struggled 
with because there's all kinds of labels that happen in you know in the workplace regardless of gender right if, if you you know sometimes it's seen as being arrogant or you're aggressive um but really you want people to know what you have to offer and as long as you are always keeping that i'm a student so i i have something to offer but i don't know it all and i'm always trying to figure out a different perspective then you know it absolutely is the right thing Angelique, when you talked about the women in particular, we've had a lady, a, a, a woman on. She's phenomenal. Her name is Christy Rutherford. And she yeah, brings yeah. that up. You, you know her. So she's, I mean, she talks about this all the time, you know, and specifically, like you said, we're not generalizing, but, you know, usually with women, it tends to be, you know, downplaying everything, be the nice person, you know, all of the things that we learned as little girls growing up, you know, like, be the nice one, you know, don't fight with people, all of that. And it just comes into play. So I think that's just so important for people to know, like share your, actually Tyrone is here. He says, stamp your work, like share <laughs> your, and, and amplify, Danielle said, amplify your wins. Love it. Clinton. And you know, no, oh, go I'm ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was no, go ahead. Say, and you know that that also applies to introverts, right? Um, for a little while in my life, I would say I was an introvert. My husband and children have told me that is absolutely not true. And it's really not. Um, but for a while, I said that. But introverts, I know, like my husband is an example. He's an introvert. And so we're always having these kind of conversations. I'm like, did you amplify your win today? Like you did, you know, and he leads a very large team as well. But he's less about saying it, right? He's like, the report's show the, the facts. And I said, yeah, that's good. But you know, you should be proud to share with your team. And it also helps your team's morale, right? Um, you know, my team feels great when I send a note to our leadership saying that we are great, right? It, it makes them feel good that they're part of that kind of winning organization. That's so important to amplify not only yourself, but it does it for your team too and makes yeah. them feel good and gives them, I think, the confidence to go out there and amplify themselves too. Because again, yeah. we're always thinking like, am I being braggadocious? Am I being, you know, well, I think w women tend to, and, and men too, um, to your point with your husband. So um, Clinton says, hello, Angelique Slagle. Hi, Clinton. How are you? <laughs> hello, everyone. They're trickling in now. Um, so, Angelique, I know we're, we, this was a short one today. Hopefully, you know, this is just a, a baby step into LinkedIn Live and we'll have you back soon. Yes, um, I love it. So we have a couple minutes left and I just wanted to give you an opportunity to just share like what your, if, if a person is looking to grow in leadership, you know, what's the one piece of advice that you would give him or her um, if they're either looking to, get a promotion within their current organization or looking to like, you know, jump from one organization to another, you know, from inter interviewing skills, especially when it comes, when you're coming in from somewhere else, you know, someone doesn't have the opportunity potentially to, to look down and see you inside of an organization. So are there any pieces of advice that you would give these folks? Well, I would say first, um, you know, educate yourself about, what type of leader you want to be. And so that means whether that's reading a bunch of books, I do recommend um, Adam Grant's uh, Think Again. Um, it's such a great book right now about the, the different ways that you can 
lead a team or what kind of way, uh, what kind of mindset you can have. Um, so first kind of educating yourself on, you know, what kind of leader do I, you know, do I want to be? And so whether that's reading podcasts, listening to leadership, reading leadership books, looking at the leaders within your own organization. I mean, you know, in my uh, earlier in career, you know, I kind of had a little laundry list of people I didn't want to be like, right? Maybe I didn't have necessarily people I wanted to be, but I said, I don't want to be that kind of leader. And so once I was kind of solid uh, with that, then I knew, okay, where do I fall? So the next would be the recommendation would be to self-assess and ask others. Um, 360s informally, um, it, formally, most organizations allow that and letting your manager know, I have aspirations for leadership and I'd love to pulse the organization to see what other people think and how they see me because you know your brand and perception is your reality. Um, and then be visible, be vocal, ask to shadow, um, really start to get to understand the business that you're trying to go in um, so that you can understand and articulate really well why you. Love that mindset and uh, success leaves breadcrumbs. Um, two great quotes from others, but kind of summarizes what you said, like have that mindset of what you want to be and follow in the breadcrumbs of other successful people. Exactly, exactly. I have nothing else to add. This was amazing. <laughs> so thank you, guys for having me. <laughs> thank you so, so much for being here. Um, thank you for letting us be your first LinkedIn live. <laughs> Yes, thank you. <laughs> this is I hope awesome. You guys bring me back. Yes, you have to come back. We usually do an hour, but we wanted to stay, you know, be cognizant of everyone's time initially. And then hopefully you come back with us and um, spend some more time and share some more of these amazing tips. So we really thank appreciate you. it. Thanks, Thank you so much. So, everyone else, folks, as you all know, um, CISO Thursdays, this coming Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern. See you then. Bye, everybody. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe, everyone. Yep, and subscribe. Bye. (laughs) In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.